ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 43 of the Chris and Andre Show. I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. Call me the king, Richard Petty, because this is episode 43, baby. There we go. There it is. There it is. We're taking this all the way to the championship. I know you're not a big uh, NASCAR fan yet, but to kick things off, uh, Chase Elliott, congratulations on your first uh, NASCAR championship. Yeah, I saw that headline. I didn't really dig into it. Uh, that's yeah. Congratulations. Hopefully, yeah, many more to come. Yeah, it was also the last race uh, for Jimmy Johnson. Oh, really? So kind of a you know beginning and ending and you know yeah i you know like any race that doesn't end with kyle bush uh in victory lane is a good race by me pretty much <laughs> uh <laughs> there are other drivers that i'm not a huge fan of also but he is by far my least favorite uh but yeah sorry i know racing wasn't even on our docket but because i decided at the very last second to go with the Richard Petty uh, intro. I figured I'd, I'd start well, us there, but <laughs> I, I appreciate it, dude. I appreciate it. It's it's all good. <laughs> I feel like what we really should have done was recorded three more episodes in between or like, uh, yeah, 43, 44 and 45. So that today we could have recorded episode 46 in honor of it's time for politics. Joe Biden, way to bring it across the line, bro. That's where I am. I mean, that's what I do. That's, you know, like I just, I, I thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I am super excited that uh, President elect Joe Biden. One, it proves the point that there's more reasonable people in this country. Um, well, okay, hold on. Not enough. He hasn't <laughs> won yet. All right, there's, there are a lot. I mean, scores, possibly. Like, I mean, did you see Rudy Giuliani? The heavens are full of the Democratic <laughs> fraudulent votes in Philadelphia. Yo. But what's so pathetic is if, you know, I don't know if you saw Trevor Noah, he did like um, just a montage of how the Democrats reacted in 2018. I haven't seen it yet, but that sounds like something I need to watch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. They're, they're, you know, from Fox News to what whatever other outlets they're, they're on, they're saying, oh, the Democrats are sore losers and they can't accept the results of the election. And, you know they're undermining our democracy and are we talking like what happens like today you know um you've got senator i mean i'm sorry um secretary pompeo saying that yes we'll have a smooth transition for a second term of president trump i'm like you guys are way out there man it's it's just it's it's weird and i you know i sent i put a tweet up for just the reality of it and then maybe i'll come back and circle back around to this but 70 plus million people voted for donald trump i totally get that there are one issue voters there are people that are um 
they've got a thing, you know, maybe it's they'll never vote for a Democrat. And then the rest of them are, are just flat out racist. And at least now we know every every four years we can figure out where all the racist people are, you know, <laughs> and just know where we shouldn't go. Yeah. And I think, you know, the thing that kind of frustrates me is amongst that that group, I mean, aside from the racists, obviously, but the the one issue voters, I know we've talked about them a lot, but I mean, even beyond that, there's, I mean, really, there's two and three issue voters, right? Where it's right, kind of it's right. it's abortion, gun rights, and you know, religion. I guess like those are the three things that seem to kind of you know, and not even just religion, but like pre- pushing religious values through legislation, right? Right. Um, and I just. <laughs> If you if you're kind of like on the I know several people that are on the one and two you know like you know like Second Amendment rights are the most important thing to me and you know come I, people post in like come take my guns and my money they'll put a paper bag on my front porch and you know <laughs> and I'm just like who's coming to take your guns like he to the point where they listed out the the guns that they had right none of which have ever been talked about being banned. Um, and I was just like, which of those is Joe Biden going to come take? Wh- how many of your guns did Obama come take in the eight years that he and Joe Biden were in charge? Right. Like, I mean, you guys, how do you keep falling for this? I'm, I'm, I know, uh, I've got, I know a couple of people that, that still voted for Trump and I don't, well, I know they're not racist, but, um, I just think that the Republicans have figured out something over the last six years that basically, and I actually thought about my own votes, right? And, um, and I never, I've never really been into Fox News or MSNBC. So I may listen to a, how they cover a story, but I don't really give it a lot of credence. But the, the GOP in past and up until recently have figured out a way to make people afraid. You know, I think they've really figured out a way to market fear. And this is from a former, until this year, a form, well, I never voted a straight ticket. So I don't think um, like a person that probably leans. I know we talked over the weekend and I used a word that's outside of conservative. I don't remember what I use. But I don't want to call myself a conservative ever again because I don't think that really identifies me. Yeah, I don't remember what it was. Uh, was it traditionalist? Maybe a traditionalist. Something Maybe like a, that, I think. Yeah. Yes. And I think they figure out a way to market pe- on people's fears. I've never really bought into that because I I just don't think people are that insane. Um <laughs> And it's just like, yo, and after looking at four years of Trump, it's like fear is the product and people are buying the product. Yeah. And I think, you know, like we, we talked about it a bunch before, so I won't belabor the whole, you know, why, why I didn't vote for Trump, but I still think like the thing that kind of frustrates me or maybe was like most disappointing in all of this was that. You know, like the, I can almost look back and, and maybe this is part of what happened is that I think for a lot of people that voted 
against Trump in 2016, uh, you kind of look at it and you went, well, I understand why other people chose to vote for him. Like I can, I can make an argument for why that made sense at the time. Right. Yeah. On a number of different levels. Right. But, but after four years <laughs> of seeing what has actually transpired and then watching him do the exact same thing that he did in 20, like he ran the exact same campaign. Yeah. He didn't even bother. He's still running the same campaign. He's got nothing new, man. He's not creative. Well, and I, you know, like he, he, they've been soliciting donations left and right, supposedly to fund their legal battles. Uh, pocket. All of pocket. that money is going to pay off the debts for the yep. RNC and his campaign. Um, I don't know. Did you read? Get a chance to read the article I sent that was kind of outlining like the downfall of the Trump campaign yeah. in twenty twenty. I the yeah, Kimberly I, Guilfoyle stuff. Dude, like apparently her and Don Jr. are making all the Republicans uncomfortable by talking about their sex life and her offering lap dances to the the highest bidder, basically. Like, yo, that's that's where they are, man. I don't think the GOP exists anymore. Uh, I think it's now currently the party of Trump. I watched um, some. I actually watched an interview with Cindy McCain, and I unapologetically voted for john mccain i unapologetically voted for mitt romney and i actually watched a little bit of uh of president obama's acceptance speech and i'm sorry i didn't vote for him but if it was colin powell i would have voted for him you know there are policy things where i'm just not really down with um and but i'm still excited that you know you know what i mean the difference in yeah the candidates that competed for the highest office in our country is night and day. Like I do not feel bad for voting for John McCain. Right. Um, Yeah. You didn't, you didn't look back at that and go, wow, I made a huge mistake. Right. right. Um, Because yeah, I agree that. (sighs) I mean, I think you could probably go back, you know, you would probably say maybe Clinton, would be yeah. you know the last time where you go i would i would have felt bad had i voted for that person right i still do <laughs> like I can't, I can't get over it like <laughs> i literally i parked on that speed bump and i'm like yo i i missed it right there i missed it really yeah bad. see and like you know even like i mean i you know i think i've said i voted for uh w in 2004 so his second uh you know campaign uh which was the first time that i got to vote and I mean, a lot of it was because my family was a Republican. And so that's that was just kind of what I had always expected I would do. And then, you know, when Obama ran four years later, I think I mean, let's be honest, for a lot of kind of liberal leaning white people, it was like, well, yeah, I mean, I got to vote for the black guy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how racist is it of me not to vote for the black guy? <laughs> right. Um, and. I mean, yeah, like I, I'm with you that looking back, there's certainly policy things that I think weren't I don't agree with, you know, that that weren't right. done as well as they could have been. Um but I don't feel bad for voting for Obama. Right, exactly. You know, like, like you can't 
And I don't feel bad for voting for Bush in 2004. Like, I don't, you know, I mean, in in the midst of what we were going through, uh, that's obvious. I mean, and John Kerry, I just think, was not. Yeah, I was not the dude. Like, I voted for Bush twice. Because when it was him and John Edwards running together, it was the Johns. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We might have to fact check that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Kerry Edwards. Yeah, yeah. It was like the the double whammy. And I, I like John Kerry. I just don't think he would be a good president. Yeah. At the time. Um, he was a great um, secretary of state. I was going to say, yeah, I thought he did a really excellent job as secretary of state. Better it's than Rex Tillerson. Like, it's it's kind of like Andrew Yang. You know, I think he would make a great cabinet member, but yeah. not a good like president. Like I just, I only have, no, I, I respect his ideas. I just don't really, there's something about him. I just don't really rock with the whole way. It's that um, he's Asian, I, isn't it? Yeah. You know me. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel, and I know that people give uh, President-elect Joe Biden a lot of guff for being uh, center left, and I and I think, but I think that's okay. Most people probably seventy-one million people, for the most part, reasonable people, can fall in that spectrum, and that's okay. Um, I just, I really, 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 I. And I'm actually going to start, this is something I committed to doing because I haven't, I've had a lot of things I wanted to write about, but one thing I do want to write about is I can probably tell you what's going to happen in 2022 and 2024. So I'm going to start trying to map out my thoughts and how can, how can you, if you really wanted to save the GOP, what could you do? If you really want to make sure that um, the Democrats aren't uh, beholden to this insanity checkmate that they're in in the senate what do you do um well so i guess i don't know like i wonder is because i mean i'm sure you heard the comments that lindsey graham made about if we don't do something to change this process another we'll never elect another republican president again and I sat there and looked at, well, then is the problem really the process or is it the people in the platform that you are putting up in front of the voters? I will. It's. It's the latter. And I'll tell you this. I think that what we're missing here is um, I'm just going to see myself out now. what, what, What we're missing here is the fact that when you look at like a Mitt Romney or a uh, John McCain or a Bass, those guys, even Susan Collins, those people are few and far between since Trump took office. Yeah. Susan Collins frustrates me a little bit because I feel like she's very quick to act like she's going to do something and then vote the way that she ultimately. Her constituents. Nope. She votes for her constituents. I mean, and that's it's kind of it's kind of like she's a more extreme Bernie Sanders, right? That's the difference. Like that's Bernie scary. Sanders. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you, you are not selling me. On no, so, no, but hear me out. I mean, like when you have people that really go back and say, I have to answer to so and so, right? Bernie Sanders, in my opinion, only Andre Powell's opinion, if Mr. San- Senator Sanders, you're listening, you want to explain this to me, so I'd love to figure out your angle because I have yet to figure it out. That's who our listener in Vermont is. Could be. 
<laughs> uh, is that he talks about Vermont, but he doesn't really, in my opinion, defend Vermont. You know, I looked at some of the bills that he passed and even co-sponsored. They weren't very strong bills. I think Susan Collins, well, especially in the last four years, has been checked in the morality issues with Donald Trump. But I think for the most part, looking at her voting record, she does her best to represent her state. That's, I mean, if you think about it, she gets a strong majority of the Democratic vote in her state. Yeah. I mean, look, she got reelected and, you know, somebody was making the argument that it was probably in terms, you know, in terms of the breakdown of the Senate going forward, it was better for the Democrats to maybe lose that race than, say, have, you know, uh, was it McSally or whoever it was in Arizona? Um, Right. And so, yeah, I mean, on that on that front, like, I think, is there a better chance of, you know, her being that kind of like that bridge um, in between? Well, but I mean, already, like you've got and I don't know that it's so much. It's a dying breed, dude. Well, no, but so I, I was going to say on the other side, you've got people that are making fun of Joe Biden or like giving him guff about this message of unity and saying like, I'm a president for everybody and I'm going to work as best I can with the people on the other side of the aisle. And it's like, you know, I get, yeah. Okay. Would it be great to sit up there and spike the football and fucking do a touchdown dance, you know, like dirty bird on the stage and rub it in everybody's face. Yeah. Is that what Trump did four years ago? And how did you feel about that? Like, what did you say about that? You know, like, that's not the guy we freaking voted for. That's one of the things that, like, has been really frustrating to me is these people who now want to be like, oh, doesn't it feel so shitty, you know, conservatives and Trumpists and all you people that, you know, laughed at us and said cry lib and all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, what the hell are you guys doing? You know, like, (laughs) don't sit here and act like Trump amplified that. And and I'm not saying it's all Trump. I'm just saying he gave a a vehicle to those emotions that came out. And I've been pondering the whole elitist thing again, because when you look at the, the electoral map, it plain as day, the blue wall is a representation of being elite, right? When you look at where all the votes stopped and cracked in the Sun Belt, it's a representation of the East Coast elites. If you look at well, I mean, you look at the look at the maps of the states that he flipped, Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. There are two blue centers and the rest of it's red. Look yep. at North Carolina. There's three blue areas and the rest of it is red. Like Florida, right? I mean, the, right. it's state after state after state. Big cities, Democrats. Rural areas, Republicans. That's like I mean, that's where we're at right now. And it's, you know, I mean, Republicans have figured out to some degree how, obviously, right, to cater to the that audience, the people who no, are they, not. No, they didn't. They, well, okay. But, Trump, well, Trump did. But, they've, but Republicans have been doing it. I mean, Bush got him for, you know, to some degree. Yeah, that's fair. Well, those, but those are the, you know, I'm not like a political historian, but I can tell you that for the most part, a lot of those things aren't going to change, right? They're just not going to change. And but what what I'm seeing in Georgia, in my opinion, is that they're not going to change right now. Well, and I think the other thing that you're seeing is there's a there's a you know, the the population is growing in the city centers faster than it is in the rural areas, which which makes sense. Right. Because and so the faster that grows, the more impact that that's going to have. And I think you've also seen. 
you know, in the South. And this is what we talked about it on the last podcast where you, I think where you were talking about, you know, like cities advertising. Right. Right. And you've seen an influx of people from the Northeast, from the West, from the Southwest to the Southeast now because low property taxes, low, you know, um, cost of living, generally nice, you know, seasonal weather, the leaves are so pretty in the fall, um, <laughs> you know, like that kind of stuff. And so I think that's, that's the other thing that you're starting to see is a bit of a transition there. Um, you know, like o- Ohio, right. Had been one of those States that was consistently a battleground state and a swing state. And now it's been red for years, you know, like I think we're but starting to see the changing dynamics to some degree, and they're, they're but they're forced. Here's the thing that I think it's going to happen, right? And I think the Republicans understand this. They understand that the the standing line of the Republican Party doesn't work anymore in this country. Like, yeah. yes, Donald Trump gained five percent more of the African American vote. Yes, he gained Cuban votes, or he pretty much, for the most part majority lockdown i won't say all cubans are supporting donald trump but it's just a matter of the it's the matter that i would probably spend the most time on is that they understand that message doesn't work anymore like they really dug into the fact that we have to rile up our base because they understand fundamentally that people are moving away from that they understand fundamentally that uh college and i don't want to i don't think the education thing is a thing i think that people that are younger or or they have a fresh perspective on the world are moving to those rural areas you know yeah like uh you are seeing i mean yes like you are seeing more and more people moving as they have acquired wealth in the city they move further out because now they can right like they can afford to drive 45 minutes to the grocery stores or have their food delivered like those are the types of opportunities they have now because of the wealth that they were able to acquire typically in a larger city center somewhere right and as people take do the mass exodus from larger cities because of covid well guess what's going to happen you that love and and revel in your red state you're going to lose that that's not your your political view is not it cannot remain the same you know so the Arizona flip was kind of interesting. When you look at those two, the two counties there, I'm like, huh, that's interesting. But then I also started looking at the red counties coming in Pennsylvania. Well, guess what? Trump was only getting a marginally larger percentage of the vote. It yeah. wasn't like, except for some, you know, yeah, some areas. certainly. But in a lot of the red areas in Pennsylvania, it was, you know, 60, 40, 55, 45, like, right. or closer um, in a lot of cases. And yeah, I think... It'll be I'm really interested to see what the kind of final data analysis is, right? Once it all I, of, I would love I would love to get that public data because I would oh I'm yeah. not a data guy, but But that's, that's something that I feel like I would just get lost in for hours, if not, yeah. you know, months and years. <laughs> because I just <laughs> but, think it would be really especially comparing to twenty sixteen and seeing, you know, was there because obviously he did he got more votes, right? Trump got more votes this year than he did in 2016. So he grew the number of people that he, you know, was able to get to vote for him. But so did the Democrats. But the Democrats, right, had got even more people to come out. And so, you know, I wonder 
How much of it is the people that sat out the 2016 election that came back? How much of it is, you know, the stuff in like Atlanta where you had this massive turnout because of people like Stacey Abrams, um, you know, that are that are doing what yo, they can to push hats out. Hats off to your girl, man. I mean, hats off. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yo, that was dope. I mean, uh, So I love the joke that, you know, Republicans wish she would have won, was it four years ago when she ran there? <laughs> because now, like, she's been sitting there going, all right, all right. I, I see. see you like <laughs> I I yeah. understand what I need to do in order to really make a difference here. And that's the kind of stuff that now you see, you know, like Republicans going, oh, we can't have all these black people voting like, you know, we'll never get elected. It's OK, what is the problem there? Is it that black people are voting or that your message doesn't cater to them at all or that you treat black people like they're all the same? And I mean, that's the other thing, right? Like understanding the demographic breakdown between men and women who voted and, and your, you know, affiliation, whether you were Republican, right. Democrat, independent, all of that stuff. Like those are the, that's the data that I would just love to spend or at least have like, you know, I, Nate Silver dig through it and tell me exactly <laughs> what it all says. <laughs> I, I wouldn't dig to it in too much because the funny thing is the polls are way off. Well, like, the polls are, but that's, I mean, polls are also predictive, right? I mean, they're taking the, the I don't know if it's the sample sizes and I don't want to, I think there's uh, a few different elements, but yeah. Yeah. And I, and I'm just thinking to myself, like at the end of the day, like even in business, I'm like, all right, I can spend all day and get, you know, data paralysis, or I can just actually look and, and see what's happening on the street. And that's what, and I think that's where politics seem to, I think that's kind of why Joe Biden won, right? And everybody kept critiquing his campaign. And I kept saying, whatever he's doing is working very well. It was so it was so good on a number of levels, looking back at it, right? Right. Because he by when the when the pandemic struck and everybody was like, Oh, he's going into his basement, right? He's just gonna sit in his basement. So two things happened. One Everybody else that was in lockdown understood what he was doing, right? right? And it, to some degree, appreciated that even though he was in the middle of a presidential campaign, the guy recognized that out being out campaigning and drawing large crowds was not the healthy and proper thing to do. And then two, they let Donald Trump go absolutely batshit crazy for months hogging the spotlight, thinking that he's winning this thing because all of the coverage is on him, regardless of the fact that it was everybody and their mom calling him out for their terrible performance and trying to get this thing under control. And I mean, both of those factors, I think, ultimately paid off huge. The most painful thing we had to do, and I said this multiple times, was just let Donald Trump speak. Just just let him have all, just let him go out there and yeah, we got to suck it up and deal with it. But it turned out to be true. You know, it's funny. Right? We haven't heard a lot from him lately. Yeah. And it's it's almost creepy, but it's it's refreshing. You know, <laughs> uh, I did listen to uh, an interview with AOC and I know I, I haven't been her biggest fan. That's your girl. I know. Right. <laughs> she's, start, she's starting to grow on me, you know, uh, yeah. and maybe it's her her time in office after the newness wore off and she understands where she's trying to go. I don't necessarily agree with uh, like, I'm not a hundred percent sold on Medicare for all because I don't understand if we have the infrastructure to do it. Right. Um, but I understand what she's trying to say. And this is where if AOC, if you're listening, 
hey, help me understand what you're trying to accomplish. That's who our listener in New York is. (laughs) Ilman Omar. And I hope I didn't butcher any. I listened to an interview with her. And I don't, I think that not the media, but just the perception of progressives is tainted. Well, yeah, Um, it's, I mean, that's been a goal, I think, of both conservatives and the moderate lib, you know, uh, Democrats for some time now is to paint this as, you know, a dangerous movement where these people have no idea what they're doing, right? They're, they're inexperienced, uh, you know, their, their plans are crazy and yeah, they may have won in this one district here, but they don't represent enough people for us to actually bother listening to them yet. I I think what, you know, if I may offer any advice to anybody that's progressive, like rework your packaging. Like I personally believe that we need healthcare reform. I've always believed that. I just think that um, we have to do it in a way that whether it's in stages or progressively and implemented in the country. I mean, think about the, uh, the, the elimination of insurance companies, right? That's going to affect many people. So we want to make sure I understand the, the objective. I just don't understand the tactics. Um, at the same time, I'm saying that, like, if we think about how we want to improve the environment, we don't think about, you know, I, I'm, I'm grateful that uh, President-elect Joe Biden has said this. How do we transition people out of these their current jobs so they can actually go with us? And I think that Part of the message, and maybe it's it's just a packaging thing and it's not constructed very well. I do believe a vast majority of people, just like apparently 70% of Americans are okay with the Affordable Care Act, would probably understand what it means to have uh, or create a system where healthcare is a human right if it was communicated properly. And I think that's a big gap there. Um, and I know that, you know, the Democrats are, and I, and I said this before, we've got a couple, I mean, we can't, it's four years, but it's four years to like, really think about what's going to happen next. Because I know that the, 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 pri- the Democratic Party is going to struggle with how do they keep the, you know, the progressives on board with their platform. Uh, and I know there's a lot, they're starting to infight. I mean, so that can't be the goal. And I'm a independent, but I'd like to see, we're going to have that happening plus the separation and the dying of the uh, Republican party at the same time. So what does 2022 look like? What does 2024 look like? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Like I, we've talked a lot about like the end of the GOP and the you know Republican party as we know it. And I, I do think that there is going to be an an end of that. I don't know that it's going to be so much of a splintering. I feel like it's almost going to be a pretty quick, like, heel turn, (laughs) to use a wrestling term, like, where, I mean, like, Lindsey Graham, dude, you won your election, and you're out here claiming voter fraud. Like, and I recognize that South Carolina is not one of the states, but isn't it convenient, you know, that there's only voter fraud in states that, he didn't win right 
Like, I mean, this is the kind of thing. And and I'm going to put a half a million dollars towards the great. So you literally just threw that money into, into Donald Trump's pocket. No, like, he didn't. His cam- oh, well. actually, it's his campaign funds. Right. So his so the South Carolina, ta- you know, uh, donors are the ones who are now yeah. throwing money into. I mean, and that's like all of this stuff where he's still raising Trump is still raising money and all like I feel like it's such a big grift at the end. Right. Because the moment that he stops. He can't campaign anymore. He can't collect money. I mean, the okay. <laughs> I have to stop for one second and go and cover this because it was so. I still have not come up with a f- completely valid explanation for how this occurred. The Four Seasons. <laughs> I've, I've heard, read, heard multiple different explanations none read, of which make any sense to me i've read three versions and i'm like yeah i don't get it so I, my best like just because i like to do this right the best explanation that i can personally come up with with based on no knowledge whatsoever except for the fact that this event actually occurred in a parking <laughs> lot with <laughs> campaign posters taped to the side of a rusty garage door between a crematorium and a porn shop. All right. (laughs) And I realized that president Trump, (laughs) excuse me, lame duck Trump, uh, wasn't there, but Rudy Giuliani was some sex offender from New Jersey apparently was, although he's now supposedly a resident of Philadelphia, but the best that I can figure is that they are out of money that it was like, we don't have the money to book something else. And they went, we need somewhere free, find someone that will let us like a, you know, a local business that we can go to. And that was the best that they could find in the time crunch that they had. And somebody told Trump, Oh, it's going to be at the four seasons total landscaping. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he went, oh, that's that's great. Four seasons. They're supporting me. Nope. Uh, their Twitter account sure as hell wasn't. That's, I mean, and I know that, again, like that's not based on any fact, but that's the best I can figure, is that they had to find somewhere either cheap or free, and that was the basically the only thing that they could put together, because otherwise, why? Why would you ever have know, that dude. there? Bro, I... I... But it, if you think about it, right, dude raised all this money, and what did he use as the backdrop for all of his campaign stuff? The White House. Government buildings. Oh. He didn't pay they're, for they're any still, of that. They're, they're still broke. You know that, right? Yeah, that's what I'm saying is that he's been broke for years. Dude went out. I mean, he started this. His, so I understand that in 2017, he actually uh, filed paperwork to run for re-election. Yeah. So we can start campaigning. The day after his inauguration, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Dude had a close to a billy to campaign. Yeah. Close to a billion. I'm sorry. Close to a billion dollars. This let me translate my uh, my <laughs> vocabulary. And I'm like, my dude, really? Like you what? What? It's just I don't know, man. I don't know where I don't. It's sad to say, and I here, here's why I'm struggling, because I know that we can't have a one-sided government. There's got to be some contrast. I just don't know what the play is. 
and I can't see it. I don't understand. I understand the 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 influence because I don't think it's power, right? So Mitch McConnell, Kentucky's just racist. Like that's all I can say. Yeah. Like as long as they, you know, as long as Kentucky's going to be that place, I mean, there's no justice for Brianna Taylor. The AG's in the pocket of some other people, and. I'm not saying all Kentuckians are racist. No, what, they're Republicans is what they, I mean, like, you know, because that's the other group that we talked about is these people who are I've always been a Republican. I will always be a Republican, you know, and I think the other thing that you have there is that there is a more equal distribution of people when it comes to large cities versus the rural areas. Right. You know, that the large cities aren't as big. And so what you end up with is there's enough people spread out amongst the rural area that it basically makes up for the fact that you have these concentrations of more Democrats in the, you know, more urban centers. So, so maybe I should like just get like 100, 300,000 people to move to Kentucky. I mean, dude, like that's a part of me sits here and wonders, like, is that part of the solution? Right. That like what we need to do is say, OK, Kentucky, like you don't get to kind of make. But see, like, I feel like at the same time, that's. That's so the opposite of states' rights. That's the opposite of all. Like, we shouldn't be doing like planned takeovers of states from a voting populist standpoint. You know, not, I mean, uh, I feel like that's the whole point of the federal government is to kind of keep all the states in check and go, like, yeah, get back in line. You know, like, yeah. you know, you're straying a little far here. Like, pull the <laughs> leash back. Just, you know, like, I mean, it's one of those retractable leashes, is what it is. And you've reached, you reach the end and all of a sudden it jerks you back and you're like, ah. Oh. <laughs> crap oh forgot we're not allowed to put segregation back in place like i mean mitch McC- i mean uh what is it lindsey graham said the good old days of segregation so i mean you, you never know what they're thinking so uh, I, you know i think i i came up with this idea um for what i mean real republicans right because i don't consider the trumpists and those people and lindsey graham's and mitch mcconnell's to be republicans anymore but republicans or traditionalists like yourself your standard in terms of whether or not, you know, like a candidate upholds the values, what would Hank Hill do? <laughs> because think about it. Would Hank Hill have voted for Donald Trump? That's a good question. There is a, a New York salesman who talks about grabbing women by the pussy like and cheated on his wife. I mean, granted, like he's friends with Dale and Nancy and all of the stuff that goes on with John Redcorn, but there's no way that Hank Hill would have voted for Trump. I thought about that the other day and I was like, all right, so that should be the new standard because ultimately, like, maybe Hank doesn't sit on your side of the issues, right? <laughs> America. But the guy is ultimately like a good dude, right? Like, yeah. He's the guy that you want as a Republican, you know, adversary. Like, that's the guy that you can actually have a conversation with and find, you know, the path forward. Because it's one of those, like, I I sat here the other day and I sketched out a picture. I forgot to bring it with me because I was going to show you. But, like, I just, I keep having this picture in my head of the bell curve, right? We talked about this before. And I feel like what we did is, or what we've allowed is for politicians to basically split us down the middle of the bell curve and say you know you're either on this side or this side but you can't be in In the the middle middle, right and so what you end up with is these groups of people who are so much closer together 
on these issues than they are apart fighting with each other because they're being asked to select one group versus the other that there is no i mean like so so the purple party i've decided is what we need right we've got red and blue on the outsides purples in the middle so the purple party is the solution here we'll be the purple people leaders except we're not going to really eat people because that's what they already uh, accused because of democrats we're of vegans anyway. yeah that's true too people won't so, people won't vote for us if we're vegans so net net Right, seven million Americans in America. Seven million. Did. Well, hear me out. Sorry. So you okay. take you take Trump's win. Uh huh. You take uh, Biden's win. Uh huh. And the difference is seven. Seven. Right. So seven million people in America will decide elections. Probably going forward, we had the most people run. You know, turn out to vote. And most people, I, I don't know. I just feel like turn out for what? Turn out to vote. So, yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> got me. You got me. Now I'm angry. <laughs> so that tells me seven million people are the the message for those people, and I and I also believe that this election is proven, and I think. What would have been a good service by the media outlets? So, if you're listening, CNN, uh, Fox, NBC, CBS, ABC, MSNBC, freaking put all the candidates on there and their their vote split. Yeah, because it kind of you know squelches some of the mystery ballot thing, right? Yeah, it, it I just, mean, I really wanted to know how many votes Kanye was getting. That's fair, the, the, but, really. to, but, to be, but but the actual fair, like candidates, yeah. you know, to the, be fair, like Jorgen, Jorgensen or yeah. um, I don't think Stein ran this year, mm -mm. but I will say that if it proves something, you can get if if Stacey Abrams was able to build a coalition and impact the vote in Georgia, and you're tired of the the quote unquote two party system. Do something about it. It may not be today. It may be five, 10 years from now, maybe like three or four election election cycles, but start to build an aggregate of votes and eventually you change the system. Ross Perot pretty much got Bill Clinton elected. Yeah. End of story. I said, I knew that was coming. <laughs> <laughs> and I still should have voted for Ross Perot. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I think ultimately, like in a lot of ways, Ross Perot, like I almost feel like Donald Trump is what Ross Perot would have been if he'd had an act like one of the real parties behind him. Right. If he'd run as a Democrat or a Republican, not in the sense of fascist, tyrannical, crazy. OK, <laughs> but in terms of like th that still. Right. That's the boost. Like if you take the Republican Party away from Trump. If he runs as an independent on his own, that dude doesn't get Ross Perot numbers, right? Right. I mean, like, so to because you have that built-in base of I'm always going to vote Republican, that you could put a freaking squash, you know, up there and they'd vote for him because they'd say that it's smarter than Joe Biden, it's younger, and it's more athletic. <laughs> because those are the things that ultimately determine whether or not you're a good president. 
Although well, I did I'll, think it was really funny that Joe Biden jogged out to the podium when multiple times, multiple times. And when Trump made his crazy uh, announcement I, uh, like Thursday or something like that, the dude had to hug the pillar to take one yeah. step down. Yeah, I, I I watched that. And as an American, I was disheartened. I was saddened. And I was actually a little bit afraid. Yeah. And and no, to be completely transparent, I almost cried. I was like, yo, what's happening to my country? Like, I was completely offended by that. I, and I I didn't know what to say. I was like, what, 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 what happened here? Like, where are we at, yo? I mean, I'm glad that, you know, what, five of the major networks finally decided that when he or somebody within his campaign started lying, that they weren't going to just let him lie. Um, you know, I know people are giving Jake Tapper and all these other guys a bunch of crap for debt. And um, I mean, Fox news did it to Kaylee McEnany, you know, and um, granted she was, you know, uh, what was it? Uh, appearing in her personal capacity she leaned into the lies bro oh big time i mean there's no doubt about it and i mean because that was the way that's what she hitched her wagon to in 2015 earn that paycheck kaylee yeah there was i was reading a story the other day that was talking about how she kind of got involved in all of that and that you know like she'd gone to she's gone to oxford and like harvard law school and you know is like i mean supposedly very very smart and i think like i think she is you know but that's like kind of the scary thing is she's that person who's smart and willing to just say whatever it is to basically get on tv become famous and then turn that into a career you know, I mean, you look at even like Megyn Kelly now, right? Like supposedly yeah. did this big turn after the, you know, debates <laughs> no. in 2016. And then she, now she's just like, no, it's crazy. I, you know, I still love Trump because I, I can forgive him for, I mean, just one of them. I mean, I'm sorry. Like there was a disgusting comedy made. Yeah. Like, and he's never apologized for it. Why would you forgive him? You know, I've Earned moved on. Why can't Democrats like. Cause Earn that <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so frustrating sometimes when it's like, dude, dude, can we not go back to, you know, the days of, you know, Walter Cronkite and, you know, these like reputable journalists. And I know like, that there are like people at Fox news even still that sit there and say like, yeah, no, you, this is wrong. That's what uh, Nick Cavuto did. Yeah. I was like, yeah, my dude, my respect. I mean, when you, when you have to like decide, um, I keep saying welcome to my world, right? Yeah. Man, if hey, that was the title of our last episode. <laughs> if if white people had to really decide what they're gonna say, when they're gonna say it, how they're gonna say it, man, and they knew that the consequences of their word, people would probably not say some dumb stuff. But when you when you feel entitled to do and say whatever you want and there's nothing going to happen to you well this is where we're at bro oh one of my favorite things is people you know jake tapper i you know like i I take him in small doses sometimes i like to laugh because he gets you know like i 
I'm I'm I don't know. I watch probably more Don Lemon than anybody <laughs> on CNN at this point um, because I just really like his delivery as much as anything. But Tapper posted something on Twitter where he was basically saying, you know, I understand it sucks to lose. I was there four years ago, right? Like I voted for Hillary and I really thought she was going to win. And I was very upset and disappointed that that isn't what it turned out as. But consider how you are behaving and the way that that might be viewed by future employers. And people took that as a threat. And I'm sitting there going, guys, he's saying stop posting stuff on public social media where you're threatening to kill people or whatever it is because there's a permanent record of that stuff, whether you realize that or not. You can delete the tweet all you want. Somebody's already screenshotted that. And guess what? When you least expect it, that's what's going to come back. And maybe you don't like the way that he delivered it, and maybe you don't think that that's the way that the world should work, but it's the freaking truth. So you might as well just appreciate it, say thanks, Jake, and move on. Yeah, I don't – I like Jakey. And I know some people, they get like – they get hurt by Jake Taffer. It's just like, yo, I, I rock with that. It's like he's being honest. You don't agree because you know he's right. Or- <laughs> Usually, right? <laughs> I mean, but it's now it's to the point where, all the, where these Trumpists are, or Trumpettes, as I like to call them, um, they don't even like Fox News, right? Because Fox News called Arizona too soon. Guess what? Yeah. Arizona ended up staying blue. Fox News. Fox News was like, are you sure? This seems kind of crazy for you. And they're like, we've done the math it's blue <laughs> if it were green it would die <laughs> it's it's just bananas man i i just i i um yeah i don't i don't know man i i i'm still hopeful i think i do think and believe that uh president-elect uh joe biden is going to be able to make progress and I'm going to make a statement that my daughter said. In America, we've had a black president. We The first female vice president is black. What does that tell you? Like there, it's amazing that, you know, if we look within ourselves as a country, we can find things that, you know, should excite us about what we're capable of doing. And I don't, I personally don't, you know, I care, but I don't care about the, I want the, I I look at it like how I hire employees. I want the most qualified person, right? Our best president in the last crap, 16 years. Well, let me, so if I go back to Bush's last two years and you know, deduct those, we're at what, 14 years? Well, no, 12. <laughs> 12 years. 12. Well, yeah, 12. No, wait, it would be 14. 14, 14 yeah. So hey, I do the math. We can do math. So my brain knows how I feel about it before my mouth does. Yeah. Um, our best president in the last 14 years has been Barack Obama, hands down. Our best vice president, like, has been our fir- our our current uh, president elect, president elect, and I believe that you know. I believe that it's not about electing a woman president; it's about electing the right. It's got to be the right candidate the right because I, I'm I'm actually fed up with the well, 
America won elect a woman. No, it's got to be the right candidate. I don't think it's Elizabeth Warren. And I'll and I will say this all day. I like Kamala Harris up until she went back for her her extra pound of flesh. I thought she would make a great president. And I I hope that the Democrats understand the the landscape of what what the opportunity it is for their party as well as the country. And I think that potentially she could be the first woman president. Yeah, I think she'll I'll think she'll take these next four years and learn the role and she'll be our first woman president. Yeah, I think uh, I think there's a really good chance for that. And I think, you know, in a lot of ways, there probably wasn't a better running mate for her than Joe Biden, because I think, you know, if anybody calls him Sleepy Joe again, I'm like, yo, you, you, all right, he's sleeping, but you slept on him, yo. Yeah. He put in work. Um, what was it? 12 years ago, right? Um, I think he understood the magnitude of what it meant to be associated with Barack Obama and being the vice president to the first you know, black president in U.S. history. And I think at the same time, he understands the gravity of Kamala Harris's, you know, election alongside him to the vice presidency, both as a woman and as a black woman. Um, And so, yeah, I think I, you know, my hope is much like you, right. That over the next four years, she has the opportunity to learn under, you know, or beside him while also, you know, doing a lot of the same things that I think Joe Biden did in his time in, as vice president, where, you know, that's the person that is is not always agreeing with you, but is your sounding board. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, I think I mean, I'm I'm excited to see what the next four years bring, because I think there's a lot of potential. I think there's also a lot of potential for not a lot to get done. Um, kind of we'll depending. see after Georgia. Yeah, I mean Georgia. You know, I know you were talking about you're kind of hoping that there's a they split it right. So then there's a fifty fifty split in the Senate. Um, you know, I wonder wouldn't because you say that will make them work together. I say doesn't that equal compromise, which you don't believe in? Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't believe in compromise. I. <laughs> So I then how we, are they going to get anything done? They're so diametrically opposed. They have to disagree on the policy and, and like discuss the I tactics. Know, I'm just, I'm teasing. You, you know, but you know what I mean, right? Yes, I do. If the policy is right, let's move forward and we can, we can hash out the details and the tactics. Yeah. Um, Speaking of I, tactics. Yeah. What about the COVID joint from Pfizer, man? Like, Oh, let me, let me back up. Yeah. Every black person that's super close to uh, Donald Trump gets COVID. Hopefully, Ben Carson survives. Unlike oh, yeah. Herman Cain, I mean, I like, say, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not joking when I say that. Like, oh. I, you know, I, I don't want anybody to die from this. I think it's really shitty that they have taken this with such a cavalier attitude that it yeah. has now infected Ben Carson, Mark Meadows. And the guy who literally just signed on to be their campaign legal advisor, David Bossi, the uh, also president of Citizens United Super PAC, so super cool guy. 
uh, <laughs> friend of America. I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm not like uh, I'm not rooting against or for Mark Meadows. Um, I don't I don't have any hard feelings for David David Bossy. Actually, you know, I'm not like I'm not wishing evil on anybody, but come on, man. Does I mean like yeah. Ben Carson is a he's like one of the world's renowned neurosurgeons. The man is a doctor, right? A retired doctor. And he's hanging out with these COVID loving <laughs> motherfuckers. It's like I don't yo. know. I mean, at this point, it's like, you know, did they all just get in a room, shake up a bottle of COVID? And then whoever gets it last wins the money. Is that like, <laughs> is that how we're playing this? Like, because it just seems, I mean. <laughs> it's irresponsible. Man. It is. That's what I, I just don't understand. How, how any of those people in that position can sit there and think that, that they have acted with anyone's best interest other than their own. And hats off to the 70 million people that still voted for Trump. Right. And he, he doesn't care about the safety of himself, people around him, or your or you. And he's pissed at Pfizer. And freaking yeah. uh and Dubois was like, you know, thanks to the leadership of this president, blah, 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 blah. And Pfizer was like, no, nah, we had nothing to do with Operation Warp Speed. Yeah. First of all, the name is stupid. Yeah. Um, second of all, the name is stupid. Third of all, yeah, we will partner up on distribution, but not don't don't try to like don't try and take my cookies like that, man. That that was so it was so sad. It's like you guys will lie ab on about just about anything. Right, because their base will believe it. Ah. Oh. You know I I and I here I I circle back to the statement I made before. I don't want to play the educate, educated versus non-educated game. I, I don't think that's the... the, the I don't think game. that's even the case. I agree. There was a president prior... To, it's okay. There's a president prior to Trump that said something about uh, poorly educated people. Um, and you can get them to do it you know, just to believe whatever you say. And I think that's sad. So I don't want to play that game. But why don't his supporters ever fact check stuff that that's or have some type of curiosity to question what should be questioned? Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm, I'm curious to try and understand the mindset of say like, you know, the young Republicans, you know, like the, the college educated, the kids who are at school and they're part of their, you know, Republican, you know, like they're, they're interning for, I mean, like Kaylee McEnany's, right? When they're in school and all of it, and it's like, no, I'm going hardcore Republican, especially at this point, right? Who are still sitting there saying, no, Trump is the guy that I'm going to vote for in 2020. Um, is it, you know, are you like me and that you grew up Republican and this is one of your first opportunities to vote? And so it's just that's how it goes. Is it that, 
you know, you don't take the virus seriously because you're young and you think that even if you get it, it's not that big of a deal and people are blowing it out of proportion. You know, is it that you have enough money that, you know, like if you do get sick, you don't have to worry about it. Your parents are going to, you know, pay for whatever hospital bills that you're going to end up like Ben Carson and, you know, Donald Trump at the best military hospital (laughs) in the country with all the best care. I mean, I thought that was one of the most, you know, just flippantly disgusting things even about the Ben Carson announcement was that he's like, you know, he, and the comment was that he's so thankful for the, you know, advanced therapeutics that he has access to no fucking shit. How do you think the fucking 235,000 fucking people that are dead in this country would have felt about having access to those advanced therapeutics? Right. I mean, like this is the kind of stuff where it's like, how do you look at that and go, these are the people that should be leading this country. These are the people who understand, you know, like I, I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, man. I I got very, very emotional there. That's okay. Emotions are good until as long as you don't like, kill anybody no I'm not gonna i was talking to one of my sons and he, he went to go visit, visit some college friends and it was like a pop so um and we have an open relationship so i was like all right you know they we talk about anything and everything yo he's got friends in their 20s their parents are footing the bill and they're doing coke like so when you have access to those things and that, that life, you're not really connected. I don't, I think it starts probably at a young age. You're not connected to the reality of other people. And that's why, you know, I'm always cautious on this whole elitist thing. It's not, it's not just the coast. It's the fact that some people have access to resources that other people don't, you know, in the same conversation, he's telling me about kids that are renting nightclubs, like, six 10k a night to do a private party yeah you know kids getting pulled over under the influence not going to jail and i'm like yeah you better make sure you're not like with them because that's not he's like yeah i know pop you know so i mean so i'm just saying it's like because that doesn't always end as well for the other people in the car (laughs) yeah i mean so it's acts the class warfare that's on the under the radar that's being created in this country is probably more dangerous and i believe it is more dangerous than the race warfare because once you can stamp out the voices of people that don't have access to resources they don't exist well and i think to a, to a, you know some extent that's almost kind of you know like the system has been set up to help us ignore that, right? The the move to this classism um, that we've we're constantly pitted against each other, right? It's you know black people versus white people, or it's you know immigrants versus I don't know the other immigrants here because <laughs> unless you're a Native American, guess what? Y'all weren't here first. Like uh, we had no choice. Well, okay, yes, <laughs> fair. <laughs> There is a third group. <laughs> we did not elect to take that, that vote. Was, right. Not not immigrants in that sense. Um, but you know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, we're not, like, just because you've been here longer doesn't give you any more right, in my sense, to, like, decide. You know, like, if you're a part of this country, 
your vote, how, you know, your opinions, like that all influences what it is that we do as a nation. And it, we can't be sitting here discounting each other's votes, constantly fighting amongst ourselves and not recognizing that while that's going on, all of these other things are occurring behind the scenes, making it harder for us to make changes or to see what's really going on. I, so I think, I mean, it's a little conspiracy theory esque, but no, it's not. It's, it's the, uh, it's, it's three card Monty, right? I mean, I think that we've gotten caught up in this whole three card Monty game and, and nobody like really pays attention to it. Like I, I can go off the rails a little bit, but I surround myself with people like you that like that can tell me, yeah, you're missing that, bro. You get, you might want to reel that back in. But the the real thing is we've got to make sure that we can have the right conversations with the right people, and we do something that's actually going to drive us forward. Like again, Stacey Abrams. Now I wasn't when I heard and saw about the potential list for VP. I didn't think she was the one, but the role she's in. She's the one for it. Yeah. Maybe she's that voice that helps people to, regardless of who you want to vote for, register to vote and actually go and take that action. I think Kamala Harris is the right person for the VP role. I think that there, there are countless of other people and regardless of party, right? And I'm not for, yeah, regardless of party, because I can't think of anybody that has a, a well, except for a small handful of people. In the old GOP, like Kasich, uh, freaking Romney, uh, Cindy McCain, God bless her. I mean, that actually can separate the fact that the politics of what we're, we're upset about should not dictate the policies we should address. Period. Right? I am not for more taxes. I am for reasonable taxes. I am for taxing the rich and like getting rid of all the loopholes that prevent them from paying their fair share because that burden is put down in the middle class and the up not in some of the upper middle class. It is. I mean, I mean the middle class in North Carolina, right. In the Raleigh area is defined as being between a household of three, having an income of between 50,000 and 150,000. Right. Right. So if you have two working adults who are making, you know, 75, $80,000 a year, then you're not technically middle class. Now you're upper middle class. And especially right. in this area, that's not rare. You know, like that's probably we relatively play, common. We, yeah, we, yeah, we both play a part of that. Yeah. But we're reasonable enough to say that, yeah, that doesn't make sense. You right. know, I mean, uh, it, we're, it, sorry, go ahead. We're, we're reasonable enough to say, like, if it were me, and I, under, I understand the school makeup, and that's one of the things I go back to is like how we distribute state income or revenue for taxes for schools is bs yeah like wake county sometimes in my opinion double dips on their their the amount of tax money they get for schools sure especially when you consider the number of kids that are in charter and private schools right it just blow it blows my mind oh but we need this money in case they show up (laughs) and i like i get that to some degree not really you know like it's like any budget, right? 
You can tell me you need a million dollars, but if you only spend seven hundred fifty thousand, guess what? You're only getting seven hundred fifty thousand next year, and they're right. real good at spending a million dollars, like really good. <laughs> they're good at spending trillions of dollars at the federal level. Um, yeah, and I I'm with you that ultimately what it really boils down to is like having the right conversations. You know, right. like it's not it's not going to get any better by sticking our fingers in our ears and going la 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 because you're probably going to damage your eardrums, you know, like, I mean, you, you might hurt your, maybe you have sharp fingernails. You could cut the inside of your ear. How do you put a bandaid on the inside of your ear? You can't even do that. You have to go to the doctor. Now you've got doctor bills. How are you going to pay that? Wish you had Medicare for all now, don't you? Well, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like my, like, it's very easy to get distracted from the, from the object objective. Like, uh, like I was on the, on the Twitter I'm sorry. Yeah, I saw sports. Yeah, and I saw Drew Locke dancing. Did he get distracted from the objective? Dude, come on! Like, you got you. I mean, let's be honest. How many games is that guy going to play? The Falcons. I mean, I could beat the Falcons by my lonesome. Like, I could. Well, well, that's true. Yeah, I know. Falcons. I mean, look, they're not they're not good. Matt Ryan is an is an okay quarterback. All right. right. Julio Jones is a good wide receiver. Uh who's the other Calvin Ridley Ridley, I think, yeah. is a kid that they got. He's another good wide receiver. I mean, hell like Atlanta almost beat Seattle. So it's I mean, and granted, Seattle's defense is apparently the worst thing right. ever. But we're not going to get into that too much. Uh, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I felt like it was a really crappy sports weekend all around for me personally. Um, starting on Friday, rolling through Saturday into Sunday. Um, I guess Monday was okay. But ultimately, I feel like what I what I ended up doing was paying the price for getting the election result that I wanted. So my sports teams had to lose this weekend. There's just a you know, balance of things. I couldn't be too happy. So, um, but no, I mean like uh, last night though was a little insane. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know that they lost to new Orleans, Tampa Bay lost to new Orleans in the beginning of the year. I figured part of that was just new team, you know, shaking off the rust, blah, blah, blah. Then last night it looked like Tom Brady. I mean, I don't. He's not done, but dude did not look good. Yeah, I I just think that I stand by my original assessment of Tom Brady. Play while he can still play. He could possibly. Well, I mean, he may even squeeze out and eke out one more year. Um, I hope not, but. You know, he made a decision not to retire on top, you know, yeah. and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. I mean, what they're I, like, they're five and two, six and two, something like that. Yeah. Right. Like he's still playoffs bound. Yeah. I mean, they're going to the playoffs. Like, I mean, unless it's somehow the Panthers and the, the other team in the South, New Orleans, Panthers, Tampa Bay and the Falcons, Falcons are catching them. So unless yeah. the Falcons and the Panthers catch them, um, I mean, with what seven teams going from each conference this right. season, so 
Uh, yeah, I mean, they'll definitely go to the playoffs, and that's where Tom Brady shines. So, you know, by that point, maybe they've gotten more stuff figured out. Um, but I did think it was kind of interesting. I guess it's apparently the first time in his career that Tom Brady has been swept by a division opponent. And I felt like that was something that Bill Belichick was always really good at was just when it came to facing the same opponent twice in the same year. Like I, I don't even know what his record is, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's won far more than he's lost. Uh, historically. But he's learned, I mean, it's Tom Brady learning, like learning and driving a new system. I'll give him a couple flubs. I mean, I'm yes, gonna... that, right. I, I get that. Um, and I, I don't, I just think it again, right? What it ultimately points to is that it because I mean, the Patriots did not look very good last night either. Was that last night? Yeah, it was last night. That well, was Cam, last night. Yeah. Cam Newton is Cam Newton. Well, okay. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm don't ask me. I I just I can't with a guy. I just I. I know you can't. You've made it abundantly clear. I can't. I just can't. I want to. They but I won. Can't. I know, but I against the Jets. I mean, the Jets were this close to blowing the opportunity to draft Trevor Lawrence. I mean, how many quarterbacks, how many opportunities do you get to ruin multiple first round quarterbacks with a single franchise? Like Sam Darnold, career is over. He's done. Joe Flacco proved that last night, right? I mean, that boy's back. That guy, sign him. To an unlimited contract right now. You know John Elway is sitting there going, God, he looks good throwing that rock. (laughs) I need like a a bumper for like fingernails down a chalkboard. (laughs) I will never say anything positive about Joe Flacco. All right. So I hate to be this guy, but I got to bring it up. When they signed Flacco originally... I remember you were ecstatic because I thought you were so excited. I thought for a brief, but how long did that last? One game. (laughs) Didn't he? I mean, I think he got injured in that first game he played, didn't he? And you you texted me, you were like, Are you kidding me? Ah, uh, I'm just saying, man. Yeah, I've got nothing for Joe Flacco. I can't. I, I know. Can't. That's I that's how I feel about the Steelers. I mean, the Steelers are undefeated. They're eight and zero, and I could not care less. I hate. I love Ben Tomlin. Roethlisberger. I like Tomlinson. No, I I love. Tomlin. I know you do, and I. Not Tomlinson. Mike Tomlin is a good coach. I like him. I, you know, you've got your love affair that I'm gonna let just kind of. Go. A, I think he's like one of the best coaches in the NFL in, in recent history. He's also one of the best uh, kick coverage guys from the sideline. <laughs> that's that's all you got, man. That's all you got. <laughs> no, I know. I just that that will always just be one of those things where it's like. <laughs> Really, That's dude? It. Like, come on! Like, you're Mike Tomlin. You didn't have to do that. I mean, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm a big fanboy. I, I don't really think he's he's a great coach. He is. He not, is a great. I mean, I won a Super Bowl, I'm, right? I'm not a Steelers fan. Like, I'm a Mike two? Tomlin fan. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
I did not see it, but everybody was talking about the Kyle Allen injury in yeah, Washington. I saw, I saw the, uh, the a couple videos. His dislocated yeah. ankle with a micro, couple of small fractures, I guess. Better, like- you know, uh, diagnosis than what they were originally thinking. But it looked like it hurt. How much do you think Alex Smith thought about retiring? before getting put into that game after watching that. I mean, cause that was not too dissimilar from what yeah. his leg looked like. And I could just like, if you're that dude standing on the sideline and you see that happen, you're like, all right, give me my helmet. I'm going back out there. Run that same play, run that same play. We're running it back guys. <laughs> he did like a reset of the game. He's like, I'm not losing like that. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, that looked like it hurt, yo. My heart went out, so I was like, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm i starting to think that Ron Rivera doesn't like Kyle Allen very much because he put him out there behind that garbage offensive line that they had in, in Carolina last year. And then he, like, you know, I don't know if he traded for him or just signed him after they cut him, and he was just like, no, 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 watch. Dwayne Haskins, you're out. I want my boy, Kyle Allen. You are starting. Oh, did you get injured? <laughs> oh, poor. I mean, I don't know what Kyle Allen did that Ron Rivera is like throwing his career away to punish <laughs> this kid at this point. But I. He was probably like hitting on his wife or something. I mean, I guess like he must have kicked his dog or something, dude. <laughs> like, I just, I don't know. That's crazy. Um, it's, uh, I don't know. The. <laughs> I can't decide what's crazier, that or all of the COVID infections in freaking college football, man. I mean, like, they told these kids that they were going to be safer on campus, right? They don't care. They're trying to get that money. Earn that money, NCAA. What do you think the chances are that the season actually finishes out? I, Bro, I keep, I've said it time and time again. You keep giving me a hard time for it. Put a pin in No, it. I okay. I it's get your opinion, it. but I'm asking. Not, I don't know, man. Not Is if you were fair? in charge. We know who's in charge. These freaking they're run. They're running. They're trying to run the. They're trying to get the ACC tournament back up for basketball. Yeah, I know. And I'm and I'm thinking like, why are we doing that? And people lose their minds over the rankings. Oh yeah, it's preseason, so it doesn't matter. It's just like no, I know. The the oh the whole rankings thing drives me absolutely insane. Like, it, I know why they do it because you can't. Which is ultimately, I I take it back. It's bullshit. You would right. build the exact same games the exact same way whether they had the stupid numbers next to their names or not. Right? You know what the name and high profile schools are, and you know which are the good teams that have the star players that need to be on television. You don't need right. these stupid numbers next to them. You could wait like the college football playoff does, although that's bullshit because those guys are all influenced by the AP and the coaches poll that runs all season anyways, which ultimately I get like you can't shut all of it down, right? You can't say, you know, Associated Press, you're not allowed to publish a ranking of your, you know, your opinions on the college football teams because it influences these other people. Like, yeah, I get that, but it still pisses me off because Unless you start in the top 10, you're not ending in the top four, so you're not right. making the college football playoff. If you don't start in the top 25, you're probably not even going to make it in the top 10 unless the top 10 sucks at the beginning of the year. Like, 
it's this whole, you know, the have the the rich get richer. And I mean, college basketball, it's the same thing though. Like, I mean, it's part of where this, like you have teams that will pop up for a year or two because you have a coach or a system or something like that in an environment that works. And then they move on to a new school or the system, you know, the other coaches and stuff adjust for it. And then everything kind of resets and goes back to normal. And you're well, always going to have like I, the same schools I, on top. Here's where I always pause. Like I watched part of the uh, Notre Dame Clemson game. Yeah. It almost kind of got me hooked on college football and then it did. And when I looked at the score, I'm like, that's not even real. You know, like, you I mean, that's look- what the NFL's getting to now. Anyways, that was an overtime game too. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is the weird. overtime system in college football is garbage. They need to yeah. fix that. That's one of the worst things that they've ever come up with. So um, I think for me, college football, college basketball, like, and if the adults in the NFL want to do that, if, and I know they're trying to cram in a star for the NBA, yep. that's, that's on them, but don't put these kids at risk. I just, I just think, I just feel there's something dirty about that. That's, I mean, I agree. All. You uh, So, you know, we talked about, we mentioned it briefly earlier, but Trevor Lawrence, you know, has been the presumed number one overall pick basically since he came out of high school. Right. You know, or at least since he threw his first pass at Clemson and, now the dude's got COVID. We don't know what all of the long-term potential effects are from this, but we do know some people have reported some significant long-term effects, including professional football players and other athletes. Right. Like what happens if this kid can't come back and play? What if, you know, he can't run the 40 yard dash like he was supposed to, you know, like, so because they decided to come back and play a season of football so they could make money, this kid isn't going to get his millions that he should have gotten when he went to the NFL. He's not even going to get a chance to play, maybe. Exactly. I that, mean, I understand what... that we don't know that. That's like doomsday scenario for the him other than dying. But, you know, like the, these are the kinds of things where it's just like the risks, the unmitigated risks that they took. And with people that aren't getting paid above board for any of this. I know some yeah. of them are getting paid, um, but it's I'm, I'm with you in that. Yeah, like the adults need to freaking adult here because yeah. the the kids aren't in charge. They have no power. Look what the what you did in the Pac-10, right? <laughs> I mean, the freaking Big Ten, you kowtowed to a bunch of parents. Well, the parents are trying to make get earn that paycheck. Well, yeah, that too, because earn you that know that they had that. they had yeah. people saying, "Oh shit." You're not getting your money because your kid's not playing this year. So I don't, I mean, you know, times are tough. Yeah. I bet, I bet the bag man's running a little low these days. <laughs> bet those checks are feeling a little lighter. Like, earn that paycheck, mom and dad. I, it's messed up that I say that, but it's true. I mean, um, yeah. Pop culture. Yeah, on another note, um, literally, my one of my favorite movies of all time, The Rock, was Sean Connery. Like, that hurt. I was like, yo, but he had a good run. He did. So, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I was 90 years old, 91. Um, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, like, ultimately, 
had so many iconic roles. I think we ended up watching uh, the first Bond film with him in it, I think, because oh, yeah. you have it on Plex. Um, Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, he's like, he's brilliant. It's The movie's absolutely ridiculous. But <laughs> watching him again, like, it made me remember so many of the, the great roles. Like, I mean, and even some of the silly stuff like Entrapment, you know, yeah. with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Like, that was a goofy movie, but, like, I like he just brought such a presence to anything that he was in. It didn't yeah. matter what he was doing. Like, The Rock. I mean, Nicolas Cage. Like, he made Nicolas Cage acceptable in that movie. <laughs> I know, exactly. Like, nobody liked, like, I, well, I won't say that. Nick Cage is not one of my favorite actors. Sean Connery, by far, just think he's brilliant. It's like uh, even Chadwick Boseman, like uh, like in all honesty, there's been a lot of uh, news about the new Black Panther movie where they're going to make Sherry the new Black Panther, which is OK. It's cool. It, it happened in the comics. Yep. But it reminds you of all the you know great talent that we lost. Um, um, yeah, so that's it's kind of tough. And I, I can just say that The Rock, for me, by far, one of my favorite movies and all the James Bonds with uh, Sean Connery. They're always my favorite. I do like Roger Moore, but he's not Sean Connery. No, uh, I mean, Roger Moore, I think um, Roger Moore and Pierce Brosnan are, that uh, was a weird way to pronounce his name, but Pierce Brosnan are probably my other two favorite Bonds. Um, no, me, Craig David, or David Craig. Daniel Craig? Daniel Craig. Over yeah, Craig. either of those? Two. Yep. Okay, so yours would go Sean Connery, then Daniel Craig, then Roger Moore? Yeah. Would be your top three? See, I don't think I, mean, that, I don't think that Daniel Craig is in my top three. That's that's he's sad. probably top five, but I I mean I don't think he's top. There haven't three. been that many Bond actors. There have been five. Timothy <laughs> Dalton, nobody liked him. Oh yeah, crap. Wow, sorry, sorry. Mr. Oh, I, you're fine. You're dealing with the pop culture king here, so don't. Yeah, and Pierce Bronson, he was Remington Steele. Yeah, but Goldeneye was like okay. So Goldeneye was the first no, so new. You're not old enough. Did you ever watch Remington Steel? No, but okay. but that's my problem. Okay, that I understand. There are actors that I have that issue with too. Where like I've seen them in something and then I can never unsee them in that, or yeah. you know, it just makes Goldeneye them... was a great movie. So yeah. that was it. Goldeneye was the first new Bond film that I watched after like, I mean, my dad and I would watch Bond films all the time, you know, whenever it would come on TBS but he's or still TNT. Remington still. Yeah, I guess I always think of him as uh, the guy from Mrs. Doubtfire. No, I always think of <laughs> or the Thomas crown affair. With yeah, Rene Russo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Remington still. I get it. I get yeah. it. That's, that's all I got for him. Um, I felt like it was kind of a double gut punch that like was the, the next day. I think we lost uh, Alex Trebek and I yeah. know that, you know, he'd been dealing with some serious health issues recently. Um, so it wasn't a complete surprise, but still I remember, you know, like seeing the news about Sean Connery and being like, no, I mean like, Oh yeah. I mean, 90, 91, like I, I can get yeah. that. And then like the very next day being like, seriously 2020 like <laughs> i you know uh, but you know it was just one of those things where it here know, here's my do? thing here's my thing like um my kid's great great grandfather passed away at 94 95 
And I think if you have a good run and I want to have a good run, I want to see like, hopefully I'm not putting this on my kids, but hopefully like a grandchild and maybe like, like or, or two and maybe a grand great grandkid, then like I've accomplished something. So my expectation for myself is pretty reasonable. Um, and I'm sure that's like 80, 90 years old. And I, I think that's a, that's a good expectation from life, you know? Um, and you probably had a chance to see the good, the bad, and the in-between. And I, you know, and I just always remember my grandfather passing away, like somebody who I literally thought was like a superstar and a superhero and watching him like, you know, go blind and, and go, you know, not be able to talk and not be able to walk. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. I, I want to kind of go out like where it's peaceful, hopefully in my sleep. <laughs> so and not suffer too long just for the sake of suffering. So, you know, I, I don't say that disrespectfully, but I, I do, you know, I, I do kind of envision life as have a good run, you know, enjoy the things that you should enjoy, love the people you should love, be caring and helpful where you can. And, you know, who knows, right? Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much to add to that. I think, I I agree that it's it's hard sometimes, not even sometimes. I think it's always hard to watch the people that you love go through that stuff, you know, where their their love of life isn't enough to sustain them because their body just doesn't allow it, you know. Yep. And it's it can be really painful sometimes I think for the people around them to see that change, you know, and, and to yeah. feel like, you know, cause I think a lot of it is that sometimes you feel like you didn't get the chance to say goodbye to the, the person when they were still here, you know, um, because you felt like the, sometimes those changes occur so gradually over time that by the time you recognize what's going on, it's almost too late to really, you know, be in a position to not, not necessarily do anything about it, but to, um, to have that moment to connect with them. And I'm with you in that. I think, you know, ultimately, like I'd love to live a, a fulfilling life. Um, you know, I don't know that like living into my nineties is necessarily a desire, like, you know, um, but you want to have a good run, right? Yeah, yeah, and I'm with you. Like I don't I, I'm hoping that when I when I go that it's not some, you know, something incredibly painful that I have to deal with for a long time because right. uh that doesn't sound like fun. Yeah. I um wow, that was really like I mean, downer note to No, well, it's but it's life and like we, you know, like I know when my grandfather passed I was 10 and and I, it's part of life, right? And yeah. I've always since then I've struggled with that stuff. And, but I, as I get older, I also re recognize my, my own mortality, you know, like I'm not buying a motorcycle because every time I think about buying a motorcycle, somebody I know gets into an accident. Uh, recently, uh, my younger brother got into an accident. I'm like, yeah, I'm totally not going to buy a motorcycle now. Um, See, that's the same reason I'll jump out of an airplane. Every time I think I'm going to jump out of an airplane, somebody <laughs> I know jumps out of an airplane. Yeah. Well, that's that's sad <laughs> like you gotta change the people you talk to life uh something that we haven't talked about that i've been kind of uh i've i've shelved because i don't really know how to 
uh, I don't, I didn't know how to like bring it up, but you know, Walter Wallace Jr. in Philadelphia, he got killed by police officers. And um, it's kind of like, you know, we, when, when the Black Lives Matter, you know, protests started happening, I was always kind of concerned that, um, I guess I was concerned that people will lose, you know, it, well, I, let me put it like this, 2020 is that year, right? We've had a lot of things that kind of given us pause to look at things a little bit differently. And I, I've said this, and I, I don't mean to be disparaging towards the Black Lives Matter organization. I just, I think that we need to get to a point where we can spend more time talking about, you know, human rights, civil rights, and equal rights. And because I still, I still struggle with the fact that, you know, you know, Breonna Taylor wasn't the last person. George Floyd wasn't the last person. You know, Ahmaud Arbery wasn't the last person. This is just something that's part of our, it's interwoven in our country's DNA right now. And it just, it saddens me, but I try to figure out ways and things I can do differently to um, hopefully uh, make a difference in my family and my community and, and with my friends. But it, it is important to me that, you know, um, I, I, I hope that we take as a country, we take the opportunity that COVID has given us to, to kind of pause a little bit and ask ourselves different questions. I, I actually kind of believe if COVID didn't happen, like President Biden doesn't happen. I agree. I kind of believe that uh, if COVID didn't happen, we wouldn't be talking about uh, non-white people being killed by police officers. There's a lot of things where I think that on the, if we look at the, the full impact of COVID-19, there are a lot of things that we can stop and really reflect on and decide what we're going to do differently as a country. Um, and I'm personally, you know, and, and I, I'm tying all that back to, you know, we went to the grocer the other day, actually uh, Publix, and we were walking in because I had to go to like up my hippie stores and get some Just Egg and all the other stuff. And uh, I couldn't find Just Egg anywhere. I kid you not, bro. Like I went to uh, Lowe's Food and they normally have, they didn't have mm -hmm. it. I knew exactly where it was and wasn't there. And, you know, this is kind of where I'm like, oh, maybe that was divine intervention, right? And I kid you not, we go to, uh, oh, we walked in, we're walking in there and see a guy and my wife notices he's wearing his Trump shirt. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm sure he's not having a good day. Then we go to uh, Publix and my wife's like, what does that guy's hat say? And I'm like, I don't know. I parked the car. And she goes over to the guy and he's wearing a hat that says dumb Trump. And, you know, we start up an impromptu conversation. And you know what I learned? That, and I, I always have to catch myself, like in my own perception of the world. I, I, you know, if I'm being honest, being around white people this entire year, has made me feel slightly uncomfortable. <laughs> like I'm just like, I don't know which side of the fence you're on. And I just saw the map where, where all the red is. And yeah, I'm I sure feel the same way, man. White people freak me out. <laughs> but this guy was telling me his daughter, 
he and his wife adopted a, a da- their daughter from China. She's darker than I am. And they were so relieved that Donald Trump wasn't reelected because of the, uh, the children of Trump supporters are passing that poison onto their kids and they're taking out on other kids. And we had to like really reflect as parents ourselves, where there have been times recently in the last two months where we've actually been overprotective of our daughter and where she goes. And, you know, I actually am kind of relieved a little bit. is my point oh, and oh, it's like there are a lot of people out there sorry <laughs> there, you froze for a second <laughs> oh. <laughs> there are a lot of people out there that are you know it, it, we're not one issue people it's just like we just want to kind of live life um and like i said before yeah i'm a middle class person but it doesn't mean i'm afforded the same that everybody else is so um yeah, I you know, to kind of I guess tie on to that, I think you know, it's like at the end of the day, I think so many of us want the same things, right, in this country for ourselves and for each other. And we've lost sight of that because we've been focused on these other issues that either don't directly affect us, don't directly pertain to us, or aren't real issues to begin with. And we just, we gotta stop letting that happen. Like we've, we've got to be smarter than that as individuals. And I think like we have to be willing to have those conversations with people. And that's something that I, I mean, I will fully admit, and I think I've talked about it on here. Like I didn't do that over the last four years. Right. I kind of just took a back seat over the last four years and said, like, well, I'm I'm not gonna be that guy that's on social media. I'm not gonna be that guy that's like, you know, how can you possibly think that? And I'm still not that guy. <laughs> but I have, I mean, really over the last probably two weeks in particular, taken on more of a, you know what, like I'm perfectly comfortable challenging people's opinions on these issues where I have done the necessary reading to understand enough of it. Right. And where I can find enough evidence to kind of make my case. I, I, I agree with that. And I think that uh, one of the things that I, I hope everybody right now, because I, I get it, 70 million plus people lost the, the person that they wanted to get elected did not get elected. And except for the racist, and I will say that again, except for the racist, I don't really, I don't really value, value your opinion that much. But I can tell you that everybody else, you want to eat, and I want to eat. It, far be it for me to take food off your table for just for my own benefit. And if we can figure out a way to decide that we just want to eat and walk it through that way, I think we can get a lot of things done. And I think that, you know, we can't be defined by these political, these false political barriers because it's stupid, but we can all agree that, you know, you want to take care of your family, just like I want to take care of my family. And what can we do to help each other to be successful in that endeavor? That would be 
I hope we learned that from COVID. I hope we learned that from this election. And uh, with that, I, I'm glad that everybody joined us. And, you know, sure, we went from talking about politics to sports to back to a more heavy subject. But these are the conversations that I have to have, because if not, I'll go crazy. Yeah, because you know, I, I don't want to keep all this stuff in my head. I know. And this is like people need to remember that this isn't the only time that Andre and I talk every week. Um, this is what survives our conversations, right? These are things that we send back and forth to each other, news articles, things that we see that we want to get the other person's opinion on. Um, but we do have conversations outside of this, what be they text message or phone calls <laughs> where could be a podcast. Yeah, we'd sit here and do we could do like two or three podcasts if I had the will to edit that many episodes. <laughs> um and so, yeah, like these are the things that, I mean, ultimately mean the most to us, right? I mean, these are the things that that ultimately are, are impacting our lives in some way, shape or form every day, right? Politics has been at the forefront for so many of us, right? COVID has, has been a huge topic of uh, conversation for us. Sports, because we're both sports guys, like we've got yeah. our teams or we're fans of rival schools down here and north carolina and yet you know like we still find a way like i'm wearing practically a carolina blue t-shirt today i know i wanted to give you a hats off for that but i'm not wearing a hat yeah you know? oh there you go <laughs> um but yeah you know like it's these are the things that that just that come up and that stick with us and you know obviously there's some of you out there that have found these conversations uh enjoyable or possibly valuable and uh we really we really do appreciate the audience that we have um we're doing our best to be consistent with our content delivery <laughs> on a weekly basis. I've still got a ton of movie uh, reviews that I need to get posting, but I I took a little bit of a week off aside from my editing um, over this. I'll past tell you week what, to... I'm glad the election is for the most part over, except for uh, that guy's mind. Yeah, uh, because I needed my sleep back, man. I was obsessed. Yeah, I know those first few days were pretty rough and I was doing my best understanding that reading everything was not going to make it any better. Like, you know, learning something the second that it happened was not going to necessarily like make me feel better about it, but there was yeah, I mean it was yeah, I don't know. It's it, we can talk about it more on the next episode maybe, but I think like there is almost like an addictive, you know, element to that type of like national, you know, headline news kind of thing. Um, and especially in the, in the age of the 24 seven news cycle where it's the, yeah. there's constant and then clips on YouTube and you know, everything else. I, I just needed the other guy to lose, man. I know it's, that's, it's I mean, not... that was what, that's where I think a lot of us were. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to disagree with you there for sure. And it's definitely not against the supporters. It's just, except for the racist. Um, yeah. And, uh, I will say, and you know, I know we're wrapping up, but I will say this, the racists and the, the faux Christians, I have beef with you. Like I really do. Like, Not I, to be confused with the faux Christians. <laughs> I definitely have beef with those two groups. I, I just can't, I, I can't. Oh, anymore. does your faux have beef in it? <laughs> <laughs> Would have, well, I can't even say vegan beef because they'd probably be upset. They probably uh, would. But I am going to start writing like what I think, you know, and I'm not a politician. I just think that 
if I'm being honest, like politicians always say they want to hear the voice of their constituents. A lot of us don't speak up, yep. you know, how is it possible? No offense, Ice Cube, but how does his contract with Black America get more credence than somebody that makes a lot less money than him? And, you know, for anything, it just doesn't make sense. We talk about how corrupt these politicians are, and not all of them, but they don't have a backbone, but we don't voice our opinion. So I want to share my opinion as a, a, a middle class guy that has a family that lives in a predominantly red state. If you want to reach more people that think like me or Chris, then listen to what we have to say. So and it's not a challenge or a knock, but also take the time to listen to other people's opinions. Like I'm learning to when AOC has an interview and I'm trying to follow what she said so I can understand her point of view. Uh, so I've been I, reading I, Fox News articles. Yeah, you got not like, not like the salacious ones, but the actual yeah. news news yeah. articles. Just to try and balance it, you know. Yeah. So, we're glad that you joined us. Uh, we're going to keep doing this because we are self funded. And, and we'll take... who the hell is going to stop us? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Uh, we definitely enjoy doing this. It it helps me. Hopefully, it helps you, and I'm, I'm and hopefully, it helps Chris. I uh, like how we, I was third on that list, apparently. Well, I was trying to make sure. Apparently, it's the Andre and audience and then Chris show. That's not what <laughs> right. it helps me. And hopefully it helps Chris and hopefully it helps you. Right, let me get rid of my verbal typos, which I'm prone to have. Um, you can find us on the Chris and Andre show.com. No, you can't. Uh, you can find us at Chris and Andre show.com. You had been so good about that. <laughs> For so long. And I botched it. Yeah. So again, that's Chris and Andre show.com. But just to throw you another curveball, you can email us at the Chris and Andre show <laughs> at gmail.com because consistency is not something we are very good at. Well, I just haven't had a chance to change that. That's been one of the things I want to change. But you can always uh, email us at the Chris and Andre show.com. I know this no. whole fucking wrap up is so fucked now. That's all good. <laughs> Look, if you haven't listened to an episode before, go back and listen to some other episodes ending. You can find our website <laughs> and know, our email address. <laughs> I'm just botching everything now. What we need to do is we just need to record a canned ending. I know, right? You know, like that's what we that's what the that's what this you know what? That's what the Chris and Andre at E area would have done by now. We would have had a canned ending recorded that we just slap on or even better we just do like three or four of them and we just rotate them you know like in and insert out. here yeah well i know what we're doing next week i know right <laughs> <laughs> if you want to subscribe to our podcast we're on tune tune in spotify pandora google play um, nope it's youtube music now sure uh apple podcasts and pandora and we're probably somewhere else at spotify so yeah said that, so yeah that's okay uh, soundcloud ha okay. ah, that's all SoundCloud. it started with an s and we might be inserting canned ending here but we're glad that you joined us as always i'm andre and i am chris gosh this guy we'll talk to you next time <laughs>
what was Nevada doing while we were waiting for updates on the election? Just biding their time. <laughs> 